Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to a Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware, and the defendant is not guilty, but somebody in this courtroom is. Now, gentlemen, in this country, our courts are the great levelers. In our courts, all yerks are created equal. I'm no idealist to believe firmly in the integrity of our courts and of our jury system. That's no ideal to me. That is a living, working reality. Now, I am confident that you gentlemen will review without passion the evidence that you have heard come to a, a decision and restore this yerk to her family. In the name of God, do your duty. In the name of God, believe. Visser one. What is this? This from, this from To Kill a Mockingbird. Say, <laughs> so what is this journey you've taken me on? <laughs> I'm Em. I'm Anna. <laughs> this My first instinct was to do the whole this court's out of order <laughs> thing, but that quote includes rape and murder, and I didn't want to bring that, oh, that yeah. energy to this. I mean, technically this one does too, but it's not in the actual quote, so... <laughs> Oh boy, this week on Shelf Aware, we read To Kill a Mockingbird <laughs> by, oh my god, my mind is blanking, this is embarrassing, Harper Lee. There you go. Oh god, I just had to vamp. Uh, <laughs> otherwise known as Visser by K.A. Applegate. Basically, <laughs> Basically the same thing. Basically the same thing. Um, this is not technically part of the main Animorph series, but... Book number 35, The Proposal, ended with To Be Continued in the Visser. Or mm. just Visser. What is this book called? Visser or The Visser? Visser. Just Visser. Visser. Yes. No The. So. Also incredibly misleading cover, I want to say. As the cover of this is a, a haughty looking Andalite. Oh, yeah. Ew. Staring down at us in the uh, TikTok angle. Yeah. Just looking very disapproving, which would lead you to believe and led us to believe that this book was about Visser 3, the Visser in an Andalite body. Look at his six But pack. it is not. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of muscles going uh, on there. No wonder he's um, so attracted to the Bandalites. <laughs> uh, but it's actually about uh, Visser 1 for the most yes, part. who we know is a human in the shape of Margot's mother. What'd you think? This book was phenomenal. <laughs> This book was so good. So good, you guys. So tasty. It was so worth slogging through that Marco POV just to get to this point. Because I don't know if I'd go that far, but like, yeah. Marco in this book, again, written by actually K.A. Applegate and not a ghostwriter. So there is already a difference there because the author is completely different. But Marco is a completely different person in this book Mm -hmm. (laughs) than he was. Marco is is bringing that Jake energy in terms of like making tough choices, mm-hmm. which is the thing we're told Jake does all the time, even though he even though definitely he doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. I would say this is almost certainly my favorite of the non Animorphs Animorphs books. I right? agree, yeah. Like blows the Megamorphs out of the water for 100%. sure. And as much as I like the Chronicles, which I do like the Hork Bajir and the Andalite Chronicles quite a mm-hmm. bit. This one, I mean, those connect to the main series, but not in the way this one does. This is so relevant, yes, because it is, like, a direct consequence of Marco's actions, the Bandalite's actions. Mm -hmm. We're here with the aftermath now. Um, We're coming to you live straight from the sea. Straight Straight from a courthouse in probably San Francisco. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I Yes, I love this book. I loved the portrayal of Visser 1 and... Marco's mother Eva talking to each other, teaming mm-hmm. up against Visser Three. Um, 
And I also like how Kay Applegate has tried to, at least in this book, characterize Marco as that, like, tactician sort of mind. Yes. He's, like, the real, like, Ron Weasley of the situation, like, where we're supposed to believe that he can do things and is smart, but he never proves it to us. But, like, this book, mm-hmm. I felt like he did a little bit. I also really loved the politics of this yes. book. Like, I felt like this book was was so tasty, so tasty. Yum, yum, yes. yum. Give me all of the intrigue. There, Yeah, there's definitely, like, stuff going on behind the scenes that, like, I, I think is going to play out by the end of the series. Oh, and, so. ooh, a very, very interesting, very intriguing look into the Yerks. Because that's what we thought Visser was going to be, right? It was going to be, like, the backstory of Visser 3 yes. more, which we've gotten a lot of in Orc Vizier and Andalite Chronicles, but that it was going to be, like, his perspective of the events leading up to Animorphs or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. you know? And it was not that, but what we wanted, what I wanted at least from that was uh, like more of a look at how the Yerks are structured and more of like what's going on with them. And we definitely did get some of that in this. So I was very happy with that. And then also, like I said, like it was so much more relevant to the the main series than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you do like, it did a good job because, because you kind of. You're reading all these Marco point of views and you're like, okay, so like what's going to happen with the mom? Because we hate Visser one, but we really feel for the mom. What's the situation? And in this book, we kind of get a glimpse of like, okay, so Visser one is pro-human, but is also has like warped this fascination with humanity and her love of humanity into something like combining it with her Yerk impulses of like empire and colonizing and parasite and all you know all these other ideas that are going on in her mind and like trying to connect the two it's just very good and we again got the got the yerk viewpoint of a yerk who is like oh no what we're doing is wrong Mm -hmm. not from visor one but from another character in the book yes um of of someone being like oh no wait like this is wrong and we shouldn't be doing this which I, i i really appreciate in this book because i feel like um you can kind of make the excuse for the other Yerks that currently are on the planet mm-hmm. that, oh, well, they're part of this system and they're being taught and trained that this is fine to do this. But this is like one of the first Yerks to infest humans was immediately like, oh, no. Like, oh, oh, no, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this we should work. We can't do it. <laughs> this is this is a bad thing we've yes, done. Yes, yes. This is also a very interesting entry in the series because this is all adults, essentially. Like, we don't really mm-hmm. get a lot of kid interaction. So we do have yeah. more leeway to be mature in the themes and mature in the thought process that goes in. Like, I don't. I feel like if this were presented in something like from, uh, like, even like Axe or something, it would be very childish, yeah. very simplistic. But here we have, like... You, you don't... You don't think that Axe would be able to handle the the part with the coke addict and the Holocaust survivor? Yeah, you no, don't I don't think so. Or the pain of like giving birth, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I don't think Axe is quite there yet. I was shocked that some of the things in this book were in this book, and I think they were referenced in such a way that kids. Yes, I, not to not give kids credit, but I think like kids are probably not going to be like, oh. This this is specifically cocaine that they're talking about. Like it's just a generic drug, yeah. you know. But, yeah, and we all know drugs are bad because of McGruff the crime dog. So, right. So that's all we need. But <laughs> it was it was know. interesting because I was like I was like oh, like this is fully what that is. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Well, this one it is essentially a courtroom drama. It's just a retelling. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Visser One's point of view from basically when when they discovered Earth and humans until current timeline. Yes. So in the framing, we get like the political machinations of Visser One and Visser Three and how they're trying to manipulate this courtroom to get what they want, which is the other one dead. And then there's also like the council, which is. Yeah. Council 13, we finally got them showing up. Uh, Very interesting stuff. Weirdly, they wear robes, which is a choice. (laughs) I don't understand why. All different shapes, like Hork Bajir and Saxon. All different shapes. None of the the species that they infested wore robes early on. And also, they still don't know what clothes are. When she shows up on Earth, she's like, What are clothes? What are these weird things? But, like, you're. Political leaders do fully wear robes, so what's going on? They with have that? to be secret. I don't know. <laughs> um, my notes on this though are: this book is chock a block full of stuff, plot mm-hmm. details, characters, lore, lots of stuff. So I apologize because just for the sake of time, my notes, my quote unquote simplified version of what happens in this book is four pages long. So. Whew. If it feels like I'm not giving as great of an explanation as I could be, just read the book. It's less than 200 pages long. It takes like an hour and a half. (laughs) So I did my best. So Visser 1 was picked up by Visser 3 after that fight that the Bandalites orchestrated between them to get one to kill the other or them both to kill each other, whatever. She has been held prisoner since then. And she's real beat up. Like, she's got broken bones that they never, like, healed correctly. And her face is scarred from the explosion that she was in. And she's just having a bad time. Um, And also, I'm pretty sure Visser 3 is, like, causing more wounds on her body. Like, she's not given a comfy prison cell. Yeah. And he's, like, starving her. Yes. They hate each other's guts. So, it's rough stuff. So, Visser 3 is brought to the Yerk pool. She's on trial in front of a of the Council of 13. They're only there in hologram form. But these are the top 13 Yerks, one of which is the Emperor, but no one knows except for the Council of 13 who the Emperor is. Just, you know, to stop assassination attempts, I guess. Um and there's one person that serves as like the Inquisitor, one of the Council of 13. And that person happens to be Visser 1's old mentor or something. And Visser 3 is, like, the prosecuting attorney, I guess. Um, and Visser 1 is accused of a lot of crimes, most of which boils down to the fact that she is accused of being a traitor to the Yerk Empire and siding with the Andalites. And Visser 1 has a chance to tell her side of the story as well as try to incriminate Visser 3 in some sort of wrongdoing. Like, this is her plan is, I'm going to tell my edited version of events and also I'm going to have them start looking at Visser 3 and investigating him because they both have done things against Yerk law like you're not supposed to kill subordinates you're not supposed to do x y and z but they, they've both done a bunch of stuff you're not supposed to fall in love with an andalite yes yeah not not supposed to admire their hunky hunky bodies that you imagine in your mind um but and because they are, I guess Yerks have the ability to dump their memories into some sort of pensive situation where anyone. Well, I mean, like we we saw this with with Eldrea. Yes, yes, also. Same, yeah. So similar idea. Yes. 
Um, and you can, and anyone can relive their memories, but because they are both vissers, they are exempt from this, just as like a courtesy sort of thing. Because everybody knows that in order to get to the rank of visser, you have to break you the law, do a shit which I love. Like I loved that that detail of like they're like, yeah, we have like eight million laws, and obviously you're gonna break that yes, by the yes. time you are actually in charge of you shit. You committed <laughs> your crime to be here, but I pretend I do not see it. Is what the Council of Thirteen says. Um, so. <laughs> Visser One starts her story um, when she was a hork bajir controller on some backwater Skritnaw planet where she is working in intelligence looking for a species that could make the perfect target for the Yerks to take over. So they basically they have five classes of alien. Um, let me just... I, let me see if I can do it from yes, memory. Go for it. Uh, it's ones that can't be controlled, like that are, like you can't even get uh-huh. in there. They don't have ear holes. Unfit. There's ones that are, you can control them, but they're like Garbo. Like tax like, Yeah. Um, no, that was, that was the ones that were like, you can control them, but they have drawbacks. Because isn't there one that's yeah, like, so she's you like could such as taxons or Geds, because I guess Geds are. Yeah. There's ones that are not control or that are are could be controlled but, but their society is too advanced so they're like an active threat to us which Andalites. is andalites yeah. i'm trying to remember what hork bajir were they um only um, exist in small numbers and cannot be quickly oh bred. that's what it was that's class that's what it was. They're so they're good but but not enough and then there's level five which is they're super good we want them they're not gonna fuck with us and there's a ton of perfect them. alien class five so a year who is revealed to be the year who would eventually become Visser 3, tells soon to be Visser 1 that they found a possible match for a class 5 alien called humans. And you know where they found about out about humans? On the Taxon planet. When Elfangor and Alderaan went there for their little visit and found Lauren and Chapman there. And it's all been connected yes, this whole time. meant something. Um, so... Visser One reports all of this to her supervisor at the time, and he says, you're wasting your time investigating this, and I'm actually now I'm going to reassign you to a taxon body. <laughs> Sucks to suck. So Visser Three is like, not, and she steals a ship with the help of another Yerk on the base named Essam. Basically, Essam was like, he had been promoted to subvisor and then got demoted because his convictions weren't strong enough, like he wasn't Yerky enough, so they demoted him. So she's like, perfect, I'll be able to control him. He's a dweeb. And then they head to Earth. <laughs> they eventually get to Earth, and they just, like, land in the Middle East sometime during Desert Storm. And Visser One and SM are just like, wow, look at explosions. Bad, scary. Why are humans fighting other humans? Maybe they aren't Class 5, because that's a stupid thing to do, and they seem very violent. Uh, too formidable for us. But Visser One decides to grab a Middle Eastern man and takes him as a host to get to know more about the human race. And there's a lot of talk here about how, like, Visser 1 thinks the human brain is super cool because, like, there's two hemispheres and we can argue with ourselves and our biggest... I don't know. I don't know. That's how any of it works. It was some Starfish Rachel shit. It was very romanticized mm -hmm. uh, version of... I don't know. (laughs) Anyway... I, 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 don't, I don't know if I believe that they've never come across another brain that has two hemispheres. Like, do not do... 
I guess alien brains, it's hard to say what an alien brain would look like. That's Because it's true. all just like random chance, right? Um, yeah. But doesn't, don't, don't like other animals have... I feel like... Same brain Well, as I us? just Googled it, and uh, the, in, at least in uh, placental mammals, yes. Okay. So... Okay, so maybe it's just a mammalian thing, so that would differ. I, I'm not saying it doesn't oh. happen in other animals. It's just the first thing I said specifically says, oh, in, in uh, placental mammals, the hemispheres are linked by corpus callosum. So, well, like, if any aliens want to write in and let us know what their brain looks like, that would be really helpful. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it seems like most animals have this this situation. So, maybe... I, it's a uniquely earth thing perhaps i guess where i where other species of aliens you're telling me that like andalites or hork don't have like interior monologues yes okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i also but i also don't think that that's how left brain right brain actually works either i don't think that that's I don't think that's true. I don't think it's like this was it's not like Bo Burnham song where there's literally like two different parts of your brain that are arguing with each other. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that is how that works. But I thought that was like a a debunked thing of like it's not really like that. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. It all seems like it just works. I don't need. I don't need to think to 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 worry about how my brain is keeping me alive. <laughs> yeah. That's not something I want to add to my list. <laughs> anyway, Schwisser one is like cool. I've learned how the human brain is and now I know a little bit of language and a little bit of um culture. Yeah, a little bit of a global picture. I don't know. And and she's like, "But I don't like this guy specifically because he Cuz he's a loser." seems to be I don't know like not weak but she's like he's too focused on his family and worrying about a lot of stuff so I'm gonna bounce this guy's not well and he he she also specifically didn't want any she decided that she wanted to be on the winning oh, that's team right, that's which right. was it was literally like I was making a joke because her thought process was literally he's a loser yes like, yes <laughs> he's on the losing side I don't want to be on the losing side because I need influence and so I should be on the winning side yeah so she 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 bounces and gets back into the hork body and kills that guy that's very cool um but she also infers from his memories before she, before they kill them or after i don't know how the memory thing works with the yerks very well but she she looks through his memories and she's like okay the americans seem to be the most powerful of the people that are fighting in the gulf war so let's go to america to begin the invasion so we finally got an explanation for the yerks americentric uh uh yeah yeah that this was all started because she landed in the gulf in the middle of the gulf war and decided that this was the way to judge yeah. where to start her global takeover. <laughs> Ooh, <yilly>. So cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she also like looks through they they like watch TV or like they 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 intercept data that people are transmitting on the planet, which there's a lot of commentary here about how like why are they why is there so much communication on Earth? Like they just need to chill. You don't need to talk this much. But 
They sift through all of this data they're getting. And this was this was before the age of podcasting. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine if they came to Earth in 2021 and they were like they just they just got like podcasts, just talk. memes, like whatever the fuck's going on on TikTok, just <laughs> um and she says, okay, the four most important cities in the U.S. are New York, D.C., L.A., and Hollywood. So they end up going to Hollywood. <laughs> and um, they land in on a movie set and immediately come across two people that are by themselves. Visser One takes over the body of a young actress who is addicted to drugs. Oh, I thought this was at the guy's house. Maybe it's at his house. Okay. It was like... Somewhere where they were expecting people to show up dressed as aliens. Yeah. Super convenient for the Hork-Bajir. Because she was, she was an, uh, this was a whole commentary, the whole Laura Lyons situation, because she was an actress, but had never actually been in oh, anything. Oh, yeah. So, like, I think she was just, famous like. for, she's, like, an influencer before I don't. I don't think she was even famous. I think she was, like, you know, when you go to L.A. to be an actress, but you don't actually, like, get cast, but you're, like, oh, I'm an actress, oh, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. I think she was, like, one of those types. And SM gets the body of an older director, and they kill their Hork-Bajir bodies. They say, goodbye, Hork-Bajir. We're humans now. We're done with you. We're all in on this. Yes. And from her host memories, Visser One takes away the idea that humans are weak. They'll be able to conquer them easily and without bloodshed because, essentially, humans are afraid of being alone and want to be a part of something, which is very true. But SM doesn't agree because he has taken over the body of what is implied to be a Jewish man who's lived through the Holocaust. So he knows that humans are strong and can overcome adversity. And Visser One is like, agree to disagree. And they spend some time getting to know about humans. We're going to do my thing. Yeah, it seems like a bad play on Visser One. um, But let's see how that plays out for you. (laughs) Uh, At this point, we pop back to the ongoing trial. And we learn that one of the reasons that Visser 1 and Visser 3 hate each other is because they have very different ideologies about how the Earth should be conquered. So Visser 1 thinks it can be done subtly through the sharing, which, surprise, Visser 1 created the sharing. And Visser 3 just wants to blow shit up. He's like, let's just fucking kill everyone who doesn't submit. Just force them. Force them to be yerked. I think we also get some info. This is like not directly stated in the text but i think we can kind of infer that another reason that these two hate each other specifically why visser three hates visser one um is visser one like leapfrogged over a whole mm. bunch of people to get mm-hmm. the visser one spot like once yeah she was like sub visser 400 something she was like yeah in the triple digits yeah. and we know from the chronicles that like visser three had to grind right yeah. like he was slowly moving up that chain baby mm-hmm. and visser one just like leapfrogged and i think she pissed a bunch of people oh, off, sure. off with that shit but also she did find oh she deserved six it. billion <laughs> host bodies so yeah yeah but you can you can see with with the uh the yerks and their emphasis on on their rankings that this they really probably was numbers was not uh, a popular move with everybody who was below Visser 1. Yes, yes. Yeah, because she is just one step below the Council of 13. Right. Um, potentially could become one of them, I imagine. Or not. Maybe sub-Visser 7022 will jump up to be the Emperor. Who knows? 
Yeah, we still did not get answers as to, like, okay, did she replace the former Visser one? Did mm-hmm. that guy die? Or do they just leave spots they open? just pump everyone down. <laughs> like, it, it could be the Council of 82 if y'all get your shit together, <laughs> but... Y'all are acting up. Also, at the end of this book, there are going to be some openings on the council. So, like, who gets to fill those in? Yeah, or do they so, just become the Council yeah. of Eleven? I don't know. I don't know. It's just whatever it is at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, as there, as Visser One and Visser Three are arguing about what is the best method to control humans, some of the Hork-Bajir, two Hork-Bajir, start attacking the other Yerks, and a tiger and a grizzly bear <gasps> enter the fight, and everyone's like, "Oh no, the Bandalites are here." They're here. And then Visor 3 kills them. <gasps> but not before the tiger attacks the bear in a way that wouldn't make sense if they were really the Andalite warriors. Truly. And everyone is like, bravo, Visor 3. You have you did it. overcome the one obstacle that has been hindering you for months now. You can now. So weird that it happened right here in front of the whole council. Almost like so it weird. was planned. <laughs> Uh, and Visser One's like in her mind she doesn't say this aloud because she does like concede this battle to Visser Three she's like you won this one Visser Three very clever Visser yeah, Three I applaud you but Visser One's like I call bullshit those weren't the real bandalites um, but everyone is back to liking Visser Three so Visser One has to come up with a plan to get the bandalites to attack for real so she can discredit Visser Three in front of the council so she can be like look there they are yeah yeah look he's a liar kill him for lying Visser 3 then brings a witness to the trial, and it is a human that Essam once controlled. And this guy, it's we've we've seen what happens before, like with that lady in the woods in like book three or some shit. Um mm-hmm. that like when a Yerk leaves a human controller and it's like they die or something, like that kind of leaves the human a little bit broken right like they there i don't there's probably something like in the year physiology that like if you if you're dying as you're as you are being hosted i think by she's a body. she specifically says that parts of the year were left behind yeah. and like affected his neurons firing so like yes. you get year goo in your head it doesn't come back out which does bring into question how they got the Yerk out of Jake that one time when it was dying, but yeah, I think I maybe he slid out completely before it was too late, before he left too much goo. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. You would think that Essam would do that too, though, since he no, cared she about like yanked him out. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You're right. So, uh, so he tried to get out, but got yanked. <laughs> this guy's name is Hildy. Hildy something. Uh, something French. Yes. And he reveals that when Essam was his controller, the two of them, Essam and Hildy, became friends. And that the human that Visser 1 was controlling at the time, Alice and Kim, was in love with his human. And also the Yerks were in love with each other. And also they had children together. <laughs> I would even posit that it wasn't really just the Yerks were in love with each other. I would say that this is a polyamorous. Yes. Like, are they, everybody, <laughs> it was definitely like the four of us are a family unit, even though like... Allison definitely hated Visser One, I think. Oh yeah. But um, there's but Visser One did not hate Allison. No, Visser, Visser One loved Allison. Missed Allison. She admired after, Allison. Yeah. And Visser Visser Three is like, see, she's a traitor. She loves humans. Let's kill her. Um, but Visser One launches back into her story. Talks about how she killed her drug addicted actress host, took over Allison Kim, who was like the super smart scientist lady. 
And Visser one was like, no, I just, I wanted to take over a strong human so I could better understand how to take them down, take them all down. Like I kind of got a good idea for how, you know, someone who is already addicted to a substance or, you know, feels like a loser or whatever. Like, I feel like I can, I can figure out how to manipulate those people, but how am I going to take over the strongest of the humans? And the council is like, okay, well, we need to look into your memories to confirm what did or did not happen because there is a large chunk of time that is unaccounted for. Visser one did not do any memory dumps and has otherwise been completely silent about this period in time for her. Uh, so one, so the inquisitor who used to be Visser one's mentor is like, I'm gonna go inside your brain and look. And she's like, I guess I don't have a choice. Cause if I say no, then it's obvious I'm guilty. So he goes in and he sus. looks at what happened. And we basically get a little montage of Visser one and, and Alice and Kim falling in love with SM and his host Hildy and them having children together. They have twins and Visser one promising that the children would live. And this guy kind of confronts her about it. And he's like, how do you explain? Because this looks pretty bad to me. And Visser one admits, it's like, I was not prepared. I'm the first person to enter a human's brain. I was not expecting. I was not prepared to experience the human emotion of love. Um, I like by the time I was able to control Hork Bajir, we had manuals on how to like control them and ignore their emotions and their instincts and whatever. But no one was ready for this. So like how can you blame me for not being able to overcome these strong emotions? And he's like, fair. <laughs> anyway, also this whole time, Eva, Marco's mom, has been communicating with Visser One. And up to this point, it's been mostly like, oh, well, you're going to die, bitch. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> my son will dance on your grave, you slug. Yes, I, and I will be free from you in my death. Visser one is like, you're going to be dead, too. And Eva's like, I don't give a shit as long as you're dead, you I'm whore. taking you with me, you bitch. <laughs> Coming down with me, you fucking slug. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you threaten my precious Marco? I will destroy you <laughs> and myself. <laughs> uh, but after seeing Visser One's memories of like having children and being in love, Eva's like, I cannot believe I feel pity for you, piece of shit. <laughs> She's like, I'm so <laughs> fucking mad that I feel bad for you. Just like, yeah, that does suck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she's like, damn, you are really fighting against Visser 3 and his plan to go to war with Earth because you don't want your kids to accidentally die in the crossfire. Isn't it weird now you're going to rely on my son to save your kids? Visser <laughs> <laughs> one's like, shut up, shut up, fucking shut up. <laughs> I really did enjoy, like, their relationship with each other. I know that's, like, fucked up yeah. to say because, like... <laughs> This her one has enslaved it's... Eva in her own mind, but like I don't know, their their dynamic was very interesting and fun to read. Yeah, I mean, I have long been a proponent of like that's an interesting thing that we should be getting into. Yes. Give me more of these books. Yeah, and we've seen like a few different iterations of it, right? Like we've seen Chapman and kind of mm -hmm. he's like very antagonistic with his, and it seems that's the same way as uh, William Roger, whatever. Yes. Um, oh yeah where they have a very confrontational relationship. We have that one year who was like ch like friends with his uh, the teacher. The teacher, yeah. yes, they were like BFFs. Trying to bring them down from the inside. Right, my fave, my fave. Um and now we've got this where it's like 
both of uh, Visser One's relationships with these women, right? Where like Allison hate like hates her, but also wants to gain stuff from her because Allison's like interested in the science mm-hmm. of that like Visser One knows about. So like they have this like communication back and forth. And then Ava's the same way where like she's like uh, before she was like just full on hates her, but now she's like, okay, yes, I still hate you, but we can work together on yes. this, right? Yeah, I see Visser and Three as the worser option actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they have an hour-long break in the trial so Visser One can do human things like eat and poop. And while she's doing that, she manages to get her hands on a cell phone and calls Marco, which is the voicemail we heard at the end of the last book. And Marco does pick up after hearing his mother's voice. And Marco's mom, Visser One, is like, okay, look, this is going to sound like some shit, but I need you to break into the yerk pool. Here's exactly how to do it, and you need to come help me. Um, this is this is the situation, please. And Marco's like, maybe. <laughs> and then hangs up. <laughs> okay. So now we have like maybe 20, 30 to 25% of the book left and so much shit happened. So again, apologies if this is vague. <laughs> we go back to the trial. Visser One continues her story of her time as Allison. So she and SM are running out of Kondrona. So they need to contact the Empire to get some supplies. Visser One says she called the Yerks up and told them about the Class 5 human species and how to get to Earth um, in in exchange or so they could bring Kendrona rays or whatever. And apparently this made Essam and Hildy really mad because he slash they didn't want to contact the Empire. And Visser One says like he just he fell in love with being human and didn't want to give it up. And the two of them got into a big fight which ended up with SM trapping Visser 1 in the little temporary yerk pool they had in their house when she went to go eat. And he took the kids and Allison, who is now free, leaving Visser 1 with a human that she had been controlling when she needed to do stuff to start up the sharing. So, like, Allison was not her front for this cult that she's starting on the side, her side project, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's good to have hobbies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Visser One gets free, and she goes in search of Alice and Essam and the kids, supposedly to kill them. Uh, But before she can continue with her story, Visser Three is like, I have a surprise for you. It's one of your kids, and he's yerked up now, so kill him to prove you don't care about your human child and that you love the yerk empire. (laughs) Visser One is freaking out, trying to find a way out of this. Uh, And then guess what, guys? Here come two hork shooting up other hork and a tiger and a grizzly bear. And they're all fighting. And then a gorilla walks in. It's the real Bandalites this time. I will say this was a little bit, I don't want to say hacky, but it was a little bit uh, played out that they did the exact same thing that they did a few books ago, where one of the, the person who's uh, seeing the scene literally sees someone morphing behind Yes. Them. And is like, oh, you guys are in trouble now. Because, like, she's like, I saw the cockroach getting bigger and bigger behind Visser 1 or Visser 3. Like, and no one else happened to look there. Um, Yeah, so they do they do this, like, very, very conveniently timed fight, uh, which it feels very much like a movie scene. Um, mm. And Gorilla Marco comes over and punches Visser 1. So she's knocked out, 
and the Bandalites drag her to a secret tunnel in the Yurk pool that is being hidden via Chi hologram. The Visser One doesn't know that. She's just like, wow, they have very sophisticated technology. Where the fuck did they get this? <laughs> um, Marco demands to talk to his mother, who is like, they there's like some. I don't know. They have to talk about how to t- if if Marco can talk to mom. Anyway, they 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 do it. They Marco is able to talk to his mother, who is like, "You have to let Visser One continue to control me because the alternative is Visser Three going to actual war with the whole planet. And if Visser One is still around, she can prevent that from happening." Just like this is this leaves Marco real fucked up. Like that's sad. <laughs> He's like, "I have you free. I just told Visser One that you would." either you would leave here free from her um and now you're saying she has to go back into your head this is also the classic middle of the book series shit where it's like we've been dragging this on for so long we have to reach some sort of resolution but also we can't change things because that would change the status quo in the book series and we don't want to do we can't fuck things up too much like that like (laughs) so it's gonna be like we found a solution but we can't use it there's a new complication, a new wrinkle that means we have to keep doing things the same, the same. way we've been doing them for the last way. 35 books. Oh, it's exhausting. <laughs> We're getting there, though. There's only, like, 20 more books. We're so close. I can taste it. Visser <laughs> uh, 1 also at this is able to infer that all the Bandalites are human except Axe because she she knows one of them is an Andalite because they always see the same goddamn Andalite every goddamn time. And Visser 3 hasn't realized yet that it's just the one Andalite he sees every single time, but Visser 1 has. And um, also now she knows everyone else is human because of the way they talk to each other. They're like, I love Buffy. And they're like, I love humans. I love being human, and I also love humans. She's like, I think they're human. I eat Cinnabon all the time. <laughs> uh, so the Bandalites leave Visser 1 somewhere. The Yerks can find her, and they peace out. And the Yerks drag everyone back into the trial. It is revealed through Visser 1's interior monologue to the readers, not to the Yerks, that Visser 1 has been lying about certain aspects of her story. She actually loved life as a human and wasn't ready to die from Candrona starvation. So she thought the best way to continue being human would be to control how the Yerks invaded Earth. So she began to work really hard to start up the sharing to show the Yerks that she could willingly get a human to submit to Yerk control without violence. And obviously we know she succeeded because the sharing is still around and it's still their M.O., but she also lied about when Essam got mad at her. He wasn't mad that Visser One contacted the Empire in general. They both agreed that was the that was the best plan. Essam got mad when Visser One admitted that she had no more use for Allison's body because she was spending so much time as the other human she was using as the front for the sharing. And Essam's like, okay, so like, what are we gonna do? And Visser's like, obviously we're gonna kill and destroy Allison's body, like. What do you mean? What are we going to do? Um, and we're also going to have to kill Hildy because the two of them are married. Essam <laughs> and Hildy are both like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, I don't think what so. What about the kids? And she's like, well, we'll just adopt their new, our new host bodies. We'll adopt the children. And they're too young to know any better. So it'll be fine. Vampire rules, baby. <laughs> and Essam's like, uh, no, did not sign on for this. I love my human man and your human woman. And I thought I loved you. So I'm going to take the kids and leave. Um, that part was true. But Visser One chased them down not to kill them all, but because she wanted them all back. 
So she finally finds them because the kids have come down with a fever and they admit them to a hospital. And Essam is practically dead from starvation at this point. He's losing his control over Hildy. And um, when Visser 1 catches up to them, he attempts to leave Hildy's body. And Visser 1 sees a little slug body coming out of Hildy's ear and she just like tugs him out and he snaps in half. And she then puts that little half of ear in her pocket like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she let Hildy go because she knew he was going to be mentally affected by having half a dead yerk in his head forever and then she kills Allison leaving the children abandoned at the hospital and um that is that is the end of her story uh at this point after all that the council is like visitors one and three have both committed a ton of crimes and we've come up with a sentence. We have fought so hard about this that we actually killed two of our own members. <laughs> <laughs> we have reached a, an, an agreement. You are both sentenced to die by Candrona starvation. However, both sentences are suspended. Visser 3, you can have your sentence permanently suspended if you can give us Earth. We want human bodies. And Visser 3 is like, yes, I can fucking do that. Let's get to work. Then it is revealed that the Andalites are building up a force to send to either Earth or this other planet where the Yerks are doing shenanigans. And the Yerks are like, we need the Andalites to head to that other planet, the not-Earth planet, because we need time here to take over humans. So Visser 1, you deal with that problem. That is your test. If you can deal with that problem, cool. If not, you're going to fuck you up. And also for Visser 3 even though there's no longer the Visser 1 is in control thing that would keep it from being an all-out war. They're like, Visser 3, you got to give us Earth, but you can't do an all-out war because then the Andalites would come here. Yes, 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 so, yes, yes. I've so about So keep that. it on the DL. Do the stuff Visser 1 was doing with sharing and all that bullshit, but also, like, you got to you gotta deliver, baby. Yes, yeah. You cannot let teenage children, teenage humans, <laughs> continue to defy you this way. And the book Not ends. that we know that, but it feels that way yeah. in our souls. <laughs> and Visser 1, at the end of the book, is like, by the way, Visser 3, there's something you should know about your sexy Andalite bandits. Actually, never, never mind. mind. <laughs> she just walks away. The And end. the whole time she's been like, I'm never, ever, ever fucking telling Visser 3 that the Bandalites are humans because I I don't I fucking I don't, hate that I don't guy. Like him. I hate that it's guy. It's going to be hilarious when that news gets out. It's going to be fucking hilarious. I want them hilarious. to keep whooping his ass. Yes. Yeah, she's like, I, I love imagining children defeating my nemesis, Visser 3. It's my favorite thing. It's the only thing that brings me joy. Yes. Um. So that's where I'm at. But she <laughs> definitely would probably kill the Bandalites given the opportunity. Oh, for sure. <laughs> she's like, for I sure. don't like them, but I hate you more than I don't like but them. But she just thinks it's really funny. Yeah. that like, You're getting trolled by kids. You think you have like a crush on all of these bandalites? And it's it's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Wild ride. Absolutely wild book. And like I said, I didn't, I like, I just kind of, this is all very surface level. There's so much else going Mm -hmm. on, it feels like. Uh, Or at least it like, it goes so much more in depth and it feels so much. It's just such a good book. It's so good. Yeah. I felt like there were a lot of places I could have been like, and wasn't it cool that this happened? But I just didn't want to be like, talking about how cool all of this yeah. was because <laughs> we could go be... on for a while about this one we could i could talk about I this book know. way longer than it took me to read it 
Yeah. Um, so let's talk about it a little bit more. Yes. What was your uh, morbid moment for this week? I think my morbid moment for this book is the when Allison has the or not Allison, but Visser One has the conversation with Ethan is like, we gotta we gotta kill these people. <laughs> we gotta kill the people mm-hmm. that we are inside. Um I'm sorry. I, I don't know, because cause she did she just she likes Allison so much. She like admires her as a person and probably loves her and wants to be with her forever, but there she just has this gross loyalty to the Yerk Empire that's like yeah. I can't. Well, and it's it's a, a lot of also like the idea of like the Yerks. I feel to some extent are very much trapped. Like I said, to some extent are very much, but they're trapped in a system, mm-hmm. right? And if you're in that system, you don't necessarily see another way. Where Esam is like, and we like Esam is painted as like kind of by Visser One as a bad yerk, right? Yes. Like there he's he's too soft he's a good essentially. Dude, he's a good dude and he's also like capable of imagining other ways of living, yes. right? When like he was he was ready to die. Yeah, he's like this is wrong and I'm not going to do it anymore. Um cuz you know, he fully was expecting that he wouldn't have access to congener rays regardless of whether mm-hmm. or not, you know, uh once he took off with with Hildy that like this is this is it I'm going to die, right? Yes. But more than that it seemed like him and Hildy had like a, you know, symbiotic relationship Mm -hmm. probably not fully equally considering that Hildy didn't consent to it in the first place but eventually they got to that point and I think that SM is able to like picture that sort of thing that we've seen with some of the other Yerks where they're like there are there are better ways to do this right like this is this is what we are this isn't who Mm -hmm. we are right yes um and I think that Visser One just isn't able to picture things that way that she's just like I'm a Yerk I have to infest a brain and they're not going to agree to it yeah that's what she yeah there's a lot of emphasis. She's like, we're parasites. This is like, this is what we right. do. And she she brings up to like the human. She's like, you guys are predators. Like the cows do not like you. I get that you guys don't like me, but this is what I have to do mm-hmm. to exist in this universe, yeah. right? And we're going to try and do it nicely. Like, come on. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> but at the same time, you get like towards the end of the book, because there's kind of like this moment, like, oh, maybe Visser One is cool and loves humans and cares about humans, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, well, she kind of does. But at the same time, at the end of the book, she's like, you know, maybe one day I'll find ba- come back and find my daughter. And if she doesn't like me, I'll just put a yerk in her Yes. Brain. Oh, my God. I forgot about that part. That's probably my morning mm-hmm. moment then. That part was fucked up. It was fucked up. But it's like, okay, she still does not fully see humans as, like, equal to years. Yes. Even though she has this, like, love for living as a human. Uh-huh. She's not in love with humanity. She's in love with the abilities that yeah, she Yeah, she's like, this This beats being a tax on any day, man. Right. Yeah. Right. My morbid moment, though, was actually, you mentioned it earlier, the part where she picks up um, Essam and puts him in her pocket because like in her Fucking monologue it's it's goofy and it's gross but at the same time in her monologue she's like it was this reminder of how insignificant we were without our host yeah. that I could pick up my friend and put him in my pocket I mean like again the Yerks are fucked up they do fucked up shit they're slavers and terrible but at the same time in their original forms they're so they're they're not able to they're do nothing, anything yeah. else, right? Like they have they to need do that something. symbiotic relationship. What they what what I really want for the Yerks, uh, something that will let them 
that will will welcome them with open arms and that they can be in a consenting symbiotic relationship yeah it's like on the on the howler book with jake yes yeah because it's not their fault that they're they're gross little slugs that can't do shit or see shit or shit yeah like and the andalites showed them what life could be like if they weren't the way they were so like and it's like okay well what do you expect like in the the karen book where it's like well, I like I, I experienced all of these things. What do you expect me to want yeah. at this point? Like, what what did you think would happen? Like, of course, you show me this great big world, and I want to be a part of that. But mm-hmm. like, I can't. I'm a slug. It's very sad. Hum- but humans are the drug they're addicted to. Yeah, yeah. It's like you shouldn't be enslaving people. That's no good. But yeah, I do get. I I do feel empathy. I for do them, understand you know? why you're doing it. I yeah. don't care for your methods. It's bad methods. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing Regardless this. of how much war you wage on the planet. Who's your most valuable morph? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if I SM. really have one in this book. I guess, yeah, SM. He's not a morph. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want to give it to Visser 3 just because he is a morph. Yeah. And he did some some clever manipulations, yeah. which I liked. I Marco liked had that. some hard hard times marco had some moments i liked that viscer three that we finally got kind of like the machinations of viscer three where i'm like oh maybe he is a formidable enemy instead of it just being him easily outsmarted by the animorphs all the time that was fun i feel like this that would have been more threatening though if this had come earlier in the series like Mm, him being competent at anything but like i've seen i've seen how viscer three acts when no one's watching and he's just Mm -hmm. stupid he needs to get it together I mean, good news for the animor- the Animorphs, I guess, because, like, the, the whole trying to get Earth under control thing is now completely Visser 3's job, so it should be pretty easy to yes. fight back. I mean. Exactly. Wunderbar. Um, so what do you think? What's going to happen now that we have Ooh. all of this information dropped in our laps? Man, so much stuff going on here. I don't even know where to start. Um, Honestly. I feel like... Okay, obviously Marco's mom and this other, this mysterious other alien area that they're going to, that's going to come back in some sort of yes. way. Like, it's gotta, right? Again, I'm really hoping for that big Avengers-style team-up at the end with all of the different aliens, and I think we, this kind of hints at it because we got, like, a lot of references to, like, stuff that hasn't been a thing in a while. Like, we got the Skritna, we got the the Helmicrons mm-hmm. were mentioned in this book. Like, just kind of, like, offhanded stuff, right? Yes. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe we're, we're trying to keep those fresh in the kiddies' memories so that they will, you know, I definitely had to totally look up who the Skritna were. Like, I don't fucking remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember the jokes we made about them, but I couldn't really remember what they were. So yeah. that was cool. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I'm hoping that, that we are getting a big cosmic team up at the end. Um, it's also possible that, like, Marco's mom just blasted off into space, never to be seen again. <laughs> Looks like Marco's <laughs> mom is blasting up again. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that could be that could be a way to solve the Nora situation. Um, she's just in a different universe or a different galaxy now. Yeah, a galaxy far, far away. I definitely think we're eventually that we're we're getting the chess pieces in place for the ending, yes. right? Like we have Viscer Three's now in charge. We have like okay, the Andalites know and are coming to help. Like that's been confirmed, right? Yes. Um, it's just kind of a matter of like, are they going to help Earth first, or are they going to go to the other place first? And how you know? much bullshit do we have to go through with right. teenagers in between now and then? Right. So I really kind of feel like the next twenty books are going to be us biding our time and the light watch 2021 <laughs> right exactly like, <laughs> ugh. 
here's what I hope is going to happen. I think, or I hope, Visser 1 goes off to this other alien planet and does very good job. Yeah. But now that Eva has more insight into what makes Visser 1 tick, they're going to maybe become friends and maybe she'll talk Visser 1 into something. Don't know. (gasps) Visser 1's going to go away and do a very good job though because she's a very capable year. There's an em- there are two empty spots on the council now. Visser 1 gets a promotion. We don't hear from Visser 1 until the very end of the book. And then there's like some catastrophic event where the Vandalites are brought before the council. And guess what? He goes to the new emperor is. She pulls down her hood. It's Marco's mom. And she's like, that they're fine. Excellent. They're free to go. <laughs> you know what would also be would also be a good use of this, this Visser 1 is gone thing? Hmm. If Visser 1 and Marco's mom go to this other species and do form a consenting relationship with them where they become like yes. if this is the solution yes if and this she's is like, like she's like gotta great. go here now everything's cool now everything's chill you guys are chill with us infesting you there's you get something out of, of it these too things. there's a, a billion million we're all into it everybody's into it and now we're gonna come back and that's gonna be the end of the series is after this whole war then Marco's mom shows up and is like and the Yerks are fine too like, <laughs> And Bizzard 3 has to die. Like, there's no other option for him. He's got to go. He's garbage. I mean, he's pretty garbage. I don't know if they're going to die. Axe is going to kill him. Alloran, or if it's just going to be they're straight both dead. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it'd be worth it. Alloran himself would probably just, like, jump off a cliff. He's probably like, I'm it's too pretty noble this for this shit. Got to go. I'm old now. Because he remember that one time when Axe, when he, he they were at his mercy, and he was like, kill me. And Axe is like, I can't kill you. I want to kill Visser 3. And yeah. And lost their chance, so. Oh. Alloran wants to go. <laughs> There's, oh, yes. I like I like this feeling that we're nearing the end because things are really ramping up. Even though we still have, like, 20 books to go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we're in, like, phase four of the Animorphs, at least. <laughs> One oh, day, man. one day, one day we'll get to 54. Uh, <laughs> please. I think it's it's a, because we've got, I think, one more Megamorphs and then the Elemist Chronicles, and that's it in terms of spinoffs at this point. Yes. Yeah. So that'll so be. What book was this? This was, okay, we just read 35. So that yeah, means we're going to be. 19. Mm-hmm. So 21 left. Yeah. And that's, yeah, a little over a year. Well, probably like a year from now. So the 52 weeks in a year divided by two. Eh. Yeah. All right, guys. See ya. See you then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but before we get to all of that, let's talk about what we're doing next week. <laughs> so next week we are wrapping up Anna's uh, unit on military sci-fi. Thank God we're wrapping up military sci-fi. And then the week after that, we're going to be reading Animorphs number 36, The Mutation. Ooh, do Ooh. we actually think something will mutate? <laughs> or is Could that be. just another weird word? Could just be a word. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, if you have any of your own anime, I was going to say Animaniac series theories. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Send Those us your too. Animaniac series theories. Let us know what you think Wacko, Yakko, and Dot are doing these days in Warner Brothers Tower. You can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us, ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms, so if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should because 
guys, a year from now, Animorphs will be done. And won't you, won't you be sad that you forgot to subscribe and missed a whole year of episodes? I bet. <laughs> if you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's okay, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate, no one laughed at my joke. Good. They were beginning to understand. I was the boss. They were mine to dispose of as I saw fit. I wish I had that confidence when no one laughed at my jokes. <laughs> this one is hashtag girl boss. Truly, she is. She is. <laughs> um, but before we get to all of that, let's talk about what we're doing next week. <laughs> what is next week? <laughs> we don't know. It's uh, the one that I haven't picked out yet, so I'll have to cut this. Okay. And, oh, and- that's right. And if I don't remember to record something, I'll just say, so next week we are wrapping up Anna's uh, unit on military sci-fi. And then the week after that, (laughs) we'll see what the book is. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God we're wrapping up military sci-fi with this book. No, I'm just saying I'll absolutely cut the, like, I won't include what the book is. I'm very excited to read the book you mentioned just now. (laughs) Thank you.